This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via our participating restaurants, 18 plus reward registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and time supply, see mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club, because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. of Forever Bristol City uh, podcast. Uh, the final score, Ashton Gate. Not a good night at the office. It finished City nil, Leeds United 1. Didn't expect much more, really, because that's only one win in 17 versus uh, the, the, the team from up north. Uh, I'm delighted today to be joined by the Suttons, Neil and Tom, and regular contributors, uh, Ian and Mark. Um, I'm just going to ask each of you, I just want one word... One word only that describes how you felt last night. I'll start with you, Ian, and I mean just one word. So over to you. Woken. Mark? Outclassed. Tom? Casual. Rattled. Depressing. There we go. That's it, right? Now, we are not the podcast that is cutting Liam Manning some slack. We try and be objective when we're not doing well, we try and be objective. And when we are doing well, we try and be objective. We don't try and sugarcoat it or anything like that. Um, and we're not cutting him any slack. Uh, we're just trying to be realistic most of the time. In fact, all of the time we're trying to be realistic. Um, okay, let's stick with the original format. Ian, just a quick 30-second summary on last night before we delve into the action as we normally do. It was, it was a game too far. We um, we we haven't got the depth in the, and the quality in the squad to deal with the number of games that are now coming thick and fast. Which is why later on, when we no doubt preview the Forest game, I think it could well be time to blood a few of the younger players that have been bench warmers this season. So the likes of Campbell, Slowey, Nelson. Mirholt, Shiaboa, Knight Labelle, not all of them at once, but at least some of them because the cup game, Manning said itself, oh, no one expects us to win, so it's a free hit. But the Middlesbrough game that comes after it isn't a free hit, and that's the most important game. 
so i would uh, i would be blooding some of the youngsters in order to rest players that looked absolutely knackered last night okay tom quick uh, uh, few I, thoughts i thought they played with a certain intensity that we've not seen in a long time i thought we were shocked by that they got close and up front with us which we like to do with teams um and i thought there was some performances out there last night which were quite depressing to see really it was mm. quite difficult at times to watch because we were getting completely outclassed by a much better team mm. Mm. my quick summary of that okay mark your thoughts on that i think last night it just if we, we didn't know this already revealed the painful truth of just how big the gap is between us and the top four in this division the three relegated sides plus ipswich that it's it is real chasm uh, that once you play, when you play a team and the, the, the margins are fine, um, they were able to uh, rest five players against Plymouth. So half of that team had nine days rest uh, from when they beat Norwich last Wednesday week. And there's a difference between energy and intensity because City just got no time on the ball. We're trying to play possession football, but when you play it against a team like that that did their homework, that know that that extra second they can they can nick the ball off of you and bear down on goal we just cannot we haven't got a plan b we okay. didn't have the players under under pearson to play a plan b we haven't got the players under uh, under manning to play plan b and that's the problem so it's on to next season but i think we can compete and get results against the other sides i think we showed that on tuesday and those are the games we got to win all right. And we're going to have to try and get a win against Middlesbrough because we are in a rut. We're not an awful side. It's not for lack of effort. All it's right. a lack of quality. Well, lack of quality. OK, Neil, your thoughts? Well, coming into the game, I thought, well, this is going to be a tough game on the back of a game only 72 hours beforehand. Mm. And how are we going to actually respond? We've played, I get what Mark is saying, and he's absolutely right that there is a gulf between the relegated premiership sides, but we played Leeds away and gave them a game. We played Leicester away and okay, only lost narrowly to that penalty. So we have and Southampton only lost one nil away. Last last night we looked rattled, we looked harassed, the players looked mentally tired more than anything else. And when it came into that game and when they played against us the way we played. We didn't look up for the fight last no. night. We no. didn't look up for the fight. We didn't look up for the battle. The physical challenges, the 50-50s, the things that mark, you know, you, the game that you, you put, you're at home and you put an imprint down on it. Right, right from the word go. Right okay. from the word go. We weren't at the races, so no. to speak. And we had, uh, yeah, and we get into the action. There were a couple of pivotal moments where we could have got something we didn't deserve. And the other side of that is if Leeds had won 5-0, that would have been a fair reflection of their dominance. And as I think uh, the guy on Radio Bristol said it last night, a uh, headline grabber, I thought it, so he could claim he said it in the media first, but it was a 1-0 thrashing if ever you could have such a score. It was like a heavyweight boxer getting just mullered on the ropes, yeah. being toyed with. All right. Ian, the lineup um, you've said about bringing youngsters in going forward, but he sort of, uh, we've been saying, play Wells and Conway up front as a two. But was it really a two in the sense that we hoped? And you said to me uh, before, well, said more than once, Ian, James and Williams in midfield, yeah? Ugh. What are your thoughts on the lineup? And they agreed, like Liam's followed the two men up front. 
Did he? Um, we played three wide. We played Conway wide left. It's not his best position. It's not where he should play. We could have done it easily by playing a flat 3-5-2. But he played... Um, what did he play? 4-2-3-3-1. And it didn't work uh, because Conway's not a wide left player. If you're going to play two up top, play two up top, play 3-5-2. Or you can, if you want to fancy it up a bit, you could play 3-4-1-2. But don't do that with players out of position. So um, when um, the Dere starts playing for us, he can play in either of those wide positions. He can actually play down the middle because he's six foot two and he's ripped. But he, he'd be in one of those wide positions and, and he is proper fast, right? Not a bit quick. I'm talking proper fast, frighteningly fast. And he's said to be a very good finisher. So let's see um how that works if he wants to play that formation that can only include one of wells in conway if he's going to play two up top and i say that you could play four four two you could play three five two you could play the three four um or a four three one two if you wanted to but they must play two central strikers not one guy out on the left wing one guy in the middle and one guy out on the right wing All because right. It just it just doesn't work. Okay, Mark, your your thoughts on uh, what Ian's just said, the, the the shape of the team, and uh, Ian didn't pick up on uh, Williams and uh, James as a starting combo in well, midfield. Will, we can talk, sorry, sorry, Dave. Sorry, Dave. I didn't. Will it, Williams and James shouldn't start together in a game. Right. Okay, Mark, simple as that. You would you agree with that? Um, based on based on that, I mean, um, Gruev uh, and Kamara just just murdered him in midfield and, and allowed uh, Ruta just to you know to run the game with with with, with Somerville. The problem with, with um, you know Conway and Wells didn't get the ball through the middle. We had to go round the outside, and Gray uh, and Ampadu and Rodon tied them up. The four backs pinned them back. It, it, it was just too easy. We couldn't really lay, lay a glove on them. So there was just no service because every time we tried to force the ball, we lost it in midfield. The passing under pressure or however way you look at it was awful. The set pieces, again, were awful. Naki awful. Wells had to take the corners. Awful. The only person who can take set pieces in this club is is um, Taylor Garner Hitman occasionally and Scott Twine showed how to do it you know they, they're going to need a thorough course in in taking free kicks and corners at the moment but we just we passed the ball under pressure we tried to go around the outside but we got no joy at all mm. so the service was awful night in a number 10 didn't work he probably played should have been played further back i'll just go back quickly to address something that neil said the reason we got we only lost one nil at wester leicester is because we had nine men behind the ball we only had one man up front we basically gave him the ball and descended deep no i'm just saying that was our game plan was to contain leicester until we gave it up when we played southampton they weren't in form at the time they played themselves into form now you know, I think even Leeds, they started the season off fairly slowly and they've been on, been on a brilliant run. That sometimes happens with relegated Premier teams. They find their feet. They find it difficult the first few games and they played the, and they played their way, way in. Leeds, similarly. So I think that's the difference. Leeds were in form. But again, I think it's down the intensity 
that we want two touches, we'll only, only add one. They were just on us in a flash and mm. just driving forward all the time. So we are constantly under attack. We never had a spell of possession. Leeds were so comfortable on the ball. Okay, That was Tom. the difference last night. Tom, um, let's not, not talk about us. Let's look at Leeds. You look at Patrick Bamford. Mm. He's, he's turned 30 now, and he's a big man up front. Um, he's... I'll call him an elegant centre forward because he's got the physicality. And then, would you say there's a bit of Chris Martin about Patrick Bamford and he epitomises what we're lacking up front is that little bit of physicality and subtlety. I thought with Bamford, he's an interesting one because Leeds fans don't particularly rate him. Mm. But I thought I thought at moments he was good, but actually I thought he did slow them down last night. I thought perhaps if they had more mobile, smaller number nine, maybe if they had a Conway, for example... Um, because they had Notto on one side and Somerville, who were one of the, the quickest pair of wingers I've seen down the gate this season. Mm. I mean, they really frightened both Pring, who never really gets flustered, mm. and Tanner. I remember Tanner in the first half had a really difficult first half mm. with him. Bamford, what he does do is offer you something different to those two, so you could put him in for that reason, because if you need an outball, Bamford can hold it up for you. That's the key thing. Because we don't, we don't get an. We out. don't have that. Well, we don't. The ball comes back because we're usually and beaten. The goal, actually, I know we'll get onto that, but the goal came from Bamford being able to get his body across and have that physical Correct. strength. All right, let's get into the action. And a number of people, and I agree with them. I thought we started quite well. I mean, you know, I thought overall Leeds were better than both Forest and West Ham. They looked to have greater energy. They looked more up for it. Maybe that's the difference between trying to get out of the Championship and knowing that probably you're going to hang on in there in the Premiership in the other two for the other two clubs and the FA Cup not being uh, their priority. So we started well. And Neil, it was the only real chance we had in the first half. Pring set up Naki Wells, who scored a great goal at Coventry, but he took an extra touch, didn't he? Yeah? And it really needed him to clip it like Conway did against Forrest with that volley because he just took a touch and the keeper was able to thwart him. How did you see that? I just, it was symptomatic of the game, that first touch. And I know we'll get into the game, so I yeah. won't dwell on it. But it was like, when confronted by a situation, our decision-making yesterday was appalling. It, whether it be in the midfield, at the back, or, or whatever, and we'll say we will get into it. But Naki's got to look up and see Mesle 15 yards off his line. He's got a guy coming across him. You haven't got a chance to shift up, out and, and have that shot. You've got one chance. And you had to hit it. You just got like to hit he did it on Wednesday. Like yeah. he did on Wednesday, because yeah. you know he just had one bang. Well, it was, it was obviously a different chance to the Wednesday, uh, to the Tuesday game. Tuesday, but uh, you know, you look up if he looks up there in that situation, sees a guy, you you chip it, you bend it, whatever. What you don't do when you're 34 years old is think that you're going to outpace the centre back coming across. All right. I mean, that was Naki going through and thinking, I'm 10 years younger which he isn't. He hasn't got the pace anymore over the five yards to actually go past the plan. All right. OK, Ian, that, that was pretty much our only chance of the first half because it all went to rat shit after that. And I'll come on to the next incident. But do you think Naki should have done better if that chance had fallen to Conway? He's got more confident in one-on-one -on -one situations. What do you think? Well, Naki's, as Neil's quite rightly said, Naki's lost his pace. And once you lose your pace... As a striker, you need to be a lot cleverer with your movement and your touch needs to be better. So last night, a bit of a heavy touch with his left foot, took it too wide. 
um, couldn't really do anything with it. So uh, this this comes back to I always come back that we were talking about the players being tired. Um, they James Williams, Naki, Rob Dickey just didn't look quick enough to play against those players. And and, and uh, all of our defenders had a really hard time last night. And, and what surprised me is how easily they were all out-muscled. Um, so when, when you're Rob Dickey and you're six foot five and, and you're getting out-muscled, that's a concern. I can understand getting out-paced because some of those Leeds guys were, were quick, right? And they've played at a higher level. And this is the big difference. So if we've got players down there thinking, well, I'm going to get a move to the Premier League. I'm not going to sign a new contract. I'm going to do it. My advice would, would be think on, boys. Because well, you're talking you, area, aren't you? You're talking Tommy Conway and Cam. Yeah, because if you if you think you're Premier League, you're going to be playing against those players better than them. They got relegated last season. They weren't anywhere near good enough to stay up. Right, you're going to be playing against better than them, week in, week out. Not one half, what? Not um, once in a while in a cup game. So just be careful what you wish for, guys. Get the contract signed, Tommy, and stay here and develop because you're going to get developed. You you go to a Premier League side, and you ain't going to get in a team. So, so I would I would say think on. You know, okay. you're not. It, it there's it, we know for example joe can't play three games a week now i would hope that liam manning would have got that by now and and matty james is at the end of his career where he's not going to be able to compete against guys like that so and coming back to something mark said before we went on air their squad got cost them 84 million to put together i, I am added up what our squad cost us but it ain't much what was it five six mil yeah, probably. Well, you got to take market. You got to take their market value of players that. Well, no, no, not market value. Right, yeah, what about we're what they? That's what they cost. Yeah, that's what they cost. Our, our players. It's all right saying, well, Tommy Conway's worth a, a quintillion. We don't know that until somebody's well, no, ready to write a check for it. We talked about that the other night with values that based on well, Ben Rama didn't go through, but you know, my view, Tommy Conway is probably worth about eight million quid, and he's probably not as good as Semenya. And Neil, you're pulling a face. What do you think he's worth more than that? No, I think he's worth less than that. Right. In the current market. Okay. So I he mean, can. So a club like Celtic or Rangers, picking up Ian's point, yeah, yeah. he wouldn't get in a Premier League team. No, but, but a club like Celtic or Rangers, they seem to like him. There's a Scottish international connection there. So come the summer, you get an offer of four million for Tommy, you take it. He's got six league goals, David. This mm -hmm. is, three of them are penalties at home. He hasn't scored a goal from open play at home. He scored three away, two, right, three two, penalties two, and two against Rotherham. Two, yeah, two Rotherham, right. one, one Huddersfield. Yeah. He's got six goals in the league. You know, right. ultimately last night, Tinian goes on, and I know we'll get to it, and he says, what are you looking for in the summer? We're looking for a number nine, big, strong, tall, every, everything, a quintessential description of not Conway. All right. And so, then he turns around and says, but we'd love Tommy to sign a new contract, yeah. a.k.a. Tommy's not signing a new contract. We're going in a different direction, and this is what we want to sign. Okay, but what value do you put on Tommy then? Five million, tops. Okay. And then you get rid, because you, you've just got to get – you've got to price yourself 
at a market for that player well, to and, leave. And the way if you put in 10 million, you're not going to sell him. Season starts and he just the value goes yeah. downhill. You've got to, it's like selling a house, isn't it? You know, you, you put it at a, a level that it's competitive that people will look at and go, we can do business. You market him too high, and people are just going to look oh. at him and go, that season, oh. he hasn't kicked on last season. And in terms of general performances, he's been poor. I think year. he could probably well go north of the border to a Rangers or a Celtic. But we shall see. We can talk more about that in a wee while. Um, Tom, uh, I said the game went to Ratchet after uh, Wells missed his chance. Um, Tanner's been getting a lot of plaudits, but goodness me, I think it was about the 19th minute, uh, he let Somerville pick his pocket and it was the first good save by Max, wasn't it? I mean, that was bad by George, wasn't it? Yeah, and Max got him, it was, got him out of jail, it not didn't he? Not was it? Yeah. It was uh, Huddersfield away again, where he got caught on the ball from the corner. Mm. And it was just like, the learning had not been done there from Tanner, wanting that extra touch. I mean, never looks particularly comfortable, especially passing mm. forward. But I think that epitomised their pace. And I think he never actually recovered from that until the second half. Mm. He had a 25-minute spell after that mistake, where he, all he didn't do anything correct. And his confidence went, his best, <coughs> thing, his best thing is 1v1 defending, Tanner. We all go, what a fantastic 1v1 defender. Didn't win one duel for the rest of the half against Notto or Somerville. And they were just swapping wings, and he couldn't get a grasp of it. Mm. Um, Fair, fair enough to him. He did better second half. He managed to get it out of his head. But like you said, I mean, that should have been a goal. What a fantastic save from Max. That was to stand tall. Um, but that could have easily been 1-0 when anyone on the back foot for 70 minutes. But I, as a team, I think when that happened, they looked up for it and we looked deflated. And that, we did. I mean, that was, somebody said last night on Radio Bristol, it seemed to, we missed a great chance and then we had an error and then it was really all them yeah. for the rest of the game. Mark, would you endorse that view? And it was a slip up by by Mac, uh, by Max, slip up by George, who, you know, we, we're, we've said George is looking a lot better than he ever has done, but, you know, caught in possession, you know, not great. Yeah, was it Somerville or, or, or Nonto? Not so. that, well, I thought it was Nonto. Somerville because I watched it on... It's not. It's not so. I watched it this morning. Oh, I watched it and I yeah. thought it was Somerville, but never mind. Mark... But anyway, yeah, he tried to trip Max and Max got him out of jail because he raced off his line and raised his hand you know, pushed pushed it back down. I mean, they were still had about three or four attacks after that. But yeah, it was a really bad, a really bad mistake and indicative of uh, of what we did in the first half. Just going back to Somerville, what a bargain he was. They got him in 2020 from Feyenoord for one point one point three million. That's all he cost compared with uh, with Jorginho Ruter, who was thirty six million. That's an absolute bargain. He was only 18 when they got him, so he's only 22. But what a, a, a find he, he was. Mm. But yeah, first half, we just looked intimidated. Um, we shouldn't be, you know, because we played against Premier League teams twice and acquitted ourselves. Yeah, but they, 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 yeah, the difference was they had a lot more intensity. I mean, the, the, oh, lot, yeah. Forest, and, Forest and West Ham players were coasting by comparison. Yeah. Leeds we keep were. using you, we, various amongst us has used that word intensity, and that's not quality, right? Is intensity, fitness, and stuff like that. We'll get into that debate later as well. Ian, I was going to come to you next, but you wanted to jump in with a comment just then. Yeah? Will you put your hand up? Oh, sorry, Dave. I didn't I didn't realise I put my hand up. I might yeah, did I right. do that previously? 
Yeah. All right. I, well, I was going to ask you the next thing. Um, well, a couple of things, really. Uh, well, uh, I watched a bit of Sky this morning with the analysis. I was trying to watch the analysis, and the half time only got as far as half time. I whizzed through. And uh, they, they, they were all saying it was interesting. Jason Ewell was on the panel there and spoke highly of his time here at Bristol City. But it was a lot of stuff all from bad play, a.k.a. unforced errors. But that's not the yeah. question I wanted to ask Ian. Ian, they picked up and it was like LUTV, as a few people said, the loving that they have with Leeds. Two penalty incidents on the 26th and 37th minute. Um, O'Leary crawling over Rutter. And then um, I think it was uh, Ruta, sorry, to give the correct German pronunciation there. And then I think it was um, Tanner on Rutter. They said the first one wasn't, and the second one under VAR, that would have been given. What did you think, Ian? You had the benefit of seeing it a couple of times over more than me. But those two penalty incidents. Yeah, I'd have probably been disappointed if they'd have given either of them, really. Uh, they weren't. They certainly weren't clear penalties. Um, Max is perfectly entitled to come out and punch the ball, uh, right. and he did. Um, and he, all right, he might have caught the player at the same time, but that's what I call a coming together. That happened. It would have been very harsh to give a penalty for the one on Tanner because there the Leeds player was going down as he ran in. He decided he was going over. Tanner, if anything, went across, went towards the ball. There may have been, but there's not enough contact to bring him down. No way. So I'd have been disappointed. I thought the referee had a great game last night. And um, I, um, I'd i have been very disappointed if either of those had been given. Yeah. OK, Tom, you play football as a defender. Would, do you think George got away with that one there? And it was at the time just after he'd been rattled, you know, it was in his dodgy spell. But, you know, do you think he got away with it or...? It reminded me of the Swansea v Leicester penalty that happened, what was it? I think it was last Saturday, where Nathan Wood, he doesn't actually make contact with either the ball or the player, but because he's obstructing the player from kicking the ball, it's a penalty. Mm. So it's borderline. If Tanner makes any contact there, you could say guaranteed double jeopardy, but there'd be a great shout for a red card because he's last man. Yeah. Um, I think it would have been soft and everyone would have been like, but as, I think there's definite shout. I mean, if we're going through on goal yeah. and say it was Rodon sliding across Conway, although there may be no contact, we'd all be fuming that Conway wasn't able to get the shot yeah. away. Well, I, when that was disallowed, were not given, I said to the guy who uh, came with me last night, who's a neutral, I said, Ellen Road, that gets given as a penalty because the reaction from the crowd would really shout, uh, would really maybe influence mm. the referee's opinion. But as Ian just said, Steve Martin... Um, I thought he had a good game as far as uh, referees go. Um, Mark, um, we had, uh, tragically this week, uh, the, the stabbing of two young lads who lost their lives up in uh, Knoll, Knoll West. Um, 15th and 16th minute applause, uh, a fitting tribute. Do you think the referee might have stopped the game? He had a couple of chances during that because two minutes applause is a very long time and it was impeccably observed by everybody in the ground, including uh, the 3,000, just under 3,000 Leeds fans behind the goal. But, you know, did, did would you have expected the referee to stop the game because it was that extra minute or just carry on regardless? I, I don't think he can stop the game, really. Um, but it was impeccably observed. Um, big credit to Leeds fans. I mean, 
we all we all feel it. I mean, teenagers losing their lives, it, it's it's just tragic. It makes you just want to shed a tear when that's going on. But you know, you know, we we go on about football. You know, we say football's a matter of life and death, and stupid. We make stupid comments about that, and real lives are being lost at such a young a young age, and it's thrust in front of you like that, but impeccably observed, mm. and you know. It's just so cheesy to say Mark's go out to those families. Sorry if it sounds cheesy, but you know, it just for us brings it home to you that well, we actually got more we important actually, things. It was actually made a change for us to get it. But right. two for two minutes for two yeah. minutes applause, yeah, it's it it did seem longer, but it was a fitting yeah. tribute. Well, we, we uh, we've got it wrong. We've applauded when we've meant to be silent. I mean silent when we meant to applaud. Yeah, and, and Danzy yeah. was at his Danzy was at his best last night because he said it's 7.45 and we're at Ashton Gate and it was 8 o'clock. He didn't really, he got that wrong. I think somebody's picked up on that anyway. Not as bad as the bloke on Sky News uh, this morning at 8 o'clock. They do that a little bit. And he said, this is Sky News on Saturday, the 3rd of March. And I thought, shit, have I been... Well, it wasn't as bad as Toby Osborne the other night that insisted that that um, the uh, commentary midfielder records were still on the pitch when it was, it was actually Victor Torp. He must yeah. have. He kept on exclaiming, "Eccles, Eccles, Eccles." We was... all make mistakes. Back in the day when I used to commentate, yeah. commentate, do the stuff for uh, GWR or even earlier than that, Radio West. I was sat up in the press box, and that was in the days with Richard Latham and Graham Russell and Peter Godseth, and it was a night game. And I said, "And so and so and so and so burst through and scored in Alan Walsh style to make it. I think it was City Four, Stockport Nil." I put the phone back down and the uh, guy sat next to me said, not surprising, it looked like Alan Walsh. It was Alan Walsh, but, uh, <laughs> but, but there we go. It's <laughs> Alan Walsh lookalike competition. <laughs> well, I don't know, but we got... Alan we, Walsh came first. We could, do, we could do with a player like Alan Walsh. And if ever you see Alan, he still looks like he could play. And, Jeff, and to be fair, so do most of the Ashton Gate eight, you know, who were there, uh, several of them last night. You know, they all look fit for their age and what have you. But there we go. All right. Into the second half, and uh, Neil, um, yeah, it, once they go in front, it's it's game it's game over. Um, how, and I'll come to each of you about the goal. How did how did you see it? Avoidable or no? Just too much pace. I mean, basically, they they did a dummy on the edge of the box. First time pass. God, what we would give for a first time pass at times in our team, and. Um, not a just far too much pace for Dickey. R running a diagonal across Dickey, far too much pace for him. And then uh, when he's in that situation, but when they're so close, you've got to make a judgment call and split second judgment call whether you go near post or far. And I think Notto looked up, saw him. He committed, move, that's move, what they said on Scott. He committed, committed right. He, yeah, but he had to in that situation. Mm. You you have to make a guess who'd be a goalkeeper at the end of the day in that situation. You have to make a guess. I don't blame Max. Max, arguably, was our one player who came out of that game with a bit of credit. Well, time, we, really. we forgot to mention at the end of the first, well, in the first half, twice he was there. So he did that save when the yeah. the, the, the player tried to chip him, but he did two other saves and he, he couldn't be faulted there. Ian, your, your thoughts on the goal. I mean, um, Neil's just said Rob Dickey was beaten for pace. Rob Dickey, by his standards, had a poor game, yeah? Can I just add to that? Right. Dickie, Dickie should have been sent off. He should have got a second yellow. He took the guy down, running straight through, and he went down right in front of us in the dolmen. 
and he could tell the look on his face was ah second right. yellow coming up okay so he should have gone half as two oh, yellows he did that against birmingham didn't he do you remember he got two yellows it's exactly right. the same for that yeah. against birmingham but ian, so ian the goal and uncharacteristically in different performance from uh dicky last night yeah yeah he looked absolutely i mean i've got to be honest he looked really really sluggish so i don't know whether he was carrying a bit of a knock um as i said on the text feed um we'll we should have <clears throat> fingers crossed uh atkinson naismith twine uh we'll definitely have mabue um in for the borough game and sykes as well and and he he's one way or the other sykes um viner and dickie have played a huge amount of football leeds obviously did their own work and said right they like to play it from the back dickie's right-footed but plays on the left and he likes to play the ball down that left channel and Leeds stopped just doing it and they did that by pushing right up on Rob Dickey and not letting him move forward with the ball and when Zach Viner tried it he got dispossessed so that's a quality issue it's also a technical and a coaching issue um but in fairness to Liam Manning he can only deal the cards he's got mm -hmm. so which is why I think in in the close season I know we're we're going to get a nine. I know we're going to get a, a ten if if uh, Scott Twine doesn't stay or doesn't perform in the rest of the time he's here is uh, to enable us to pay Burnley the fee they want. Um, I think we'll get an understudy or or a goalkeeper certainly to compete with Max, but we'll have to get some other players as well because of the ones that will be leaving the club. Yeah. Um, and I've said earlier on, including the under twenty ones that are out of contract, they'll be uh, somewhere between eight and ten going out the door and we'll have six better quality ones but you've only got to look at the signings we've made in this window look at the profile oh, we're, talking about sign we're talking about the window I, separate. yeah but but that's the point i'm making about we, we at the moment we cannot drop rob dickey unless no. we we bring in um campbell slowey or uh, we also bring in Knight LaBelle. We've got Knight LaBelle. And Ross, McC yeah. Ross McCrory playing centre as well? Yeah, and Ross McCrory can play centre. Well, they get, um, maybe the, the, I mean, because Ross is doing okay. Yeah, I mean, we're giving him 60, 70 minutes a time, right? But if you play as a central defender, you're not going to have to go on these lung-busting runs down the right, which is being asked. We all know that playing as a wing-back is one of the most athletically demanding positions to play that's a that's a position you could bring in uh Raheem nelson to play because he's like he's like lightning as well mm. so give him a game okay uh mark um what what, what did you think of uh, uh viner and dicky last night we said dicky looked slow viner he's athletic you couldn't say zach wasn't on it but his distribution out of defense again was a bit questionable wasn't it but he he didn't look off the pace viner was one of the few that neil's looking at me uh I'm trying got outpaced by bamford did he yeah oh yeah. look look so yeah, he, he, he got he got yeah bamford took it took him on in front of us and on in the landstand and right, just, so, yeah he missed so his tackle he, and near his leg yeah. in the first in the first half, arm, uh, didn't he hurt his arm yeah he, right. he, 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 he hurt himself right. um I try and be a good host, but I know they they they, 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 they have a comfort zone in a lot of games, a lot of home games. They are, we can play out from the back. So you see you see Rob Dickey coming out from the back, 
looking to move up the pitch. Leeds stopped him doing that. Zach Viner usually looks comfortable on the ball, but he, they don't. You don't. They they haven't played against four players like that who were on top of them. Right. You know, we like to play out from the back, and we don't. We don't have a, a plan B. The, the best thing that they they could do, and if you were at the we were at the Forest game last last week, and early in the second half, what we started to do. Instead of playing the ball through midfield, we played the ball behind their fullbacks. We played a few long passes, get the ball behind the fullbacks so that we could push the team up. Mm. That may have been a better bet, but we just keep trying to play it from the back and it was all rushed. Ross McCrory, he seemed to be, I mean, it wasn't pretty, but I mean, he's phys- he's very strong. He would do some chops inside and he seemed like to be waging a one-man war down the right-hand side last night. Ran mm. himself into the ground. You know, he's, st- he's probably he's still not fully fit, but we will have some player when he's, when he he's fit. He's got, he's got ability. But yeah. he, when we, when we, we'll come on to the, we'll come on to the chance, but that was when, you know, we, when we played one touch football through the middle, we did not take any chances and that was the difficulty. What mm-hmm. happened is we would take two touches and then Leeds would be straight back straight in position us. and we're going backwards and every that, and, time. And, and, but at least Dickie tried. At least McCrory tried and to get things going. And that's the intensity yeah. that they had, which... yes. Press, press him as yeah. Do you have to be more skillful to be more intense? Um, you've got to know know when to press, but I think you've got to have better energy levels. Mm-hmm. And I think some of that, you know, some of that comes from quality because you're able to get goal side. You know, you've got some physicality and skill to get goal side of of of, uh, of defenders, and then your pace can take you away, and strength can can keep them at bay and you saw we you know with the likes of Somerville and Rutter how they were dragging the likes of Dickie along dragging him in his wake and I think the only player I've seen do that recently at Ashton Gate was Patrick Roberts against Sunderland in the first half do you remember how they didn't yeah. score I don't know but right. yeah it's about strength but it's about being able to press and when as soon as they win that press and they win the ball the whole team pushes forward they've just got this momentum that's well, a difference, but that comes from that comes from, but that comes from coaching. Well, we're supposed to have somebody who's technically a very superior coach to what we had before, who doesn't have a plan B. But, they're, the they're, but it also comes with, I mean, it also, but it also comes with eighty-seven million worth of talent and better yeah. players. That gives you a lot more credit. Uh, it, it helps. Um, Tom, um, I think Alan Gwynnell said on the text read there a minute ago. Still to be convinced by McCrory. Um, are you, are you convinced we've got a decent player there? I'm convinced we've got a decent athlete. I think for me, he looks, I know me and my dad have spoken about it, he looks like a Pearson player playing in the Manor system with the athletic prowess he has, but actually technically at times it does let him down. And sometimes he is chasing. I mean, we said he had a good game. What was it? Uh, one before Coventry at home where Technically, he looked at the level, but that is the first time that game where McCrory looked comfortable with the ball at his feet. Yet again, last night, he's doing this combination where he goes direct. And I think you can't really take McCrory out at the minute because he offers too much directness. Mm. I think I get Ian's point about, you know, you try Nelson there, but Nelson's a left winger playing who hasn't played for the under 21s. Um, he's you know, and you're asking to play wing back, which is a defensive position, mm. and would it be able to handle 
playing um, against championship quality. But could he be any less effective in protecting Cantley? Hang on a minute. I thought you're not mixing him up with Morrison, are you? What? No. Nelson, Raekwon Nelson. Yeah. He's a, he's a left winger playing for the under 18s. No, the, the guy that's the guy that's been on the bench, and, and yeah, yeah. Um, they were saying he can play anywhere up and down the right hand side, and he's very quick. He's really quick, but he plays off the left for the under 18s. They play you both in the middle or Brandon back. Right. I think we bow to uh, Tom's better judgment on that in terms of knowing yeah. the youngsters, I have to say. But I'll come to you next, Ian, on the chance of the game. You know, and I have to say, when Naki goes off and Alice Mometti comes on, <laughs> you're not thinking this is going to improve us uh, at all. But great little touch by Tommy. No, you go. Yeah. Well, he didn't even do that. Um, he should have. He should have done better there, Ian, shouldn't he? And it's oh, absolutely he should, but he's he's not full of goals, is he? Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app at participating restaurants. 18 plus serving times, delivery free, and times apply. See McDonald's.com. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Um, so, you know, he's not in any form where he's going to get an awful lot of goals. Um, he'd have been better off last night starting in place of Tommy in that particular position. Um, but I think he, he was trying to freshen up or juggle the cards uh juggle the uh, balls as much as he could and um yeah i mean at least anis made the run tommy made the pass and and at least he got a decent uh, a decent contact on it reasonable save by melier but um when you when you saw anis go into that position you weren't wildly excited and thinking right this is going in the net were you no mark it, 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 ian said the goalkeeper i'm not going to try and pronounce his name Melier. He got down well, but it, it, it fell to the wrong player in that position, really, for us, didn't it? And how many more auditions is Anis Mometi going to get? I just don't think he's going to cut it. Um, not with some of his other 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 positional play and, and um, failure to release the ball. I think Pring and Conway were probably screaming at him. Anyway, the move, I think it's good combination play between McCrory, Knight, and it's just one touch. This is it. One touch, forcing it through the middle. One, two, three. Conway plays it through. He's slightly to the right, but he just doesn't get any power. He doesn't get it out of his feet quickly enough. He's almost falling as he hits it. Menier comes out, but a striker, God, he's about a striker. You've got to hit the ball hard 
hard and high, hard and low, past the keeper. He just yeah. didn't have any conviction. So it goes through. We're thinking it's going towards the goal, but Menier just gets it and it, it just goes behind him and he recovers the ball. And that was the only clear-cut opportunity we got all night. And that's the dip. You've got to take them. Well, there was that one, there was that one and Naki's chance. That was a more definite chance. No, yeah, I mean the Naki one because he takes because he takes that touch to the side, and I think Ampadu's Ampadu's happy for him to go there. He, he's happy to push him out to the side. The only thing a, a top striker, because we are talking, you know, better strikers, would get the ball out of their feet very quickly in the Premier League and would take the shot very early. Because once you go wide, the keeper's ghost was near post, you're never going to get it in. It was like um Campring the other night against Coventry won that corner, but he was in a narrow corridor. He was never going to score, but he won a corner and we recycled it and scored. Mackey mm-hmm. last night, and the same with Campring against Forest. Once you take that touch to the side to get it across your body, it's just yeah. almost impossible. Well, the, thing, the thing, the thing, Alice did get right was that he took the shot, as Ian said, and and you said as well. No conviction. So yeah, you know, no it, conviction. It, it, Powder puff is, is probably the way to put it. Can I mention one thing from the first half before we just move on yeah. very, very quickly? Quintessential Bristol City last night. McCrory goes through, wins the free kick on the, on the edge of the area. You're thinking if we have Twine on the pitch, some shot. Got to be a Pring shot. Got to be somebody shot. Got to be Naki shot. Whatever. Saying? No. What he tries Was that to the do, one at the end of the first half? Yeah. yeah. Williams right at the end. Yeah. It's in from the edge of the box to the six-yard box to try and pass it. And you're just like that going... What is our negativity here that we're not even going to shoot on the edge of the box? We're going to try and chip it in to the six well, yard box. As they were lining up, to... I thought, well, he's going back to the first time. As we were lining up, I thought Pringy was just going to try and yeah, try, try and effort right at the end of the game, right at the end of the half. Yeah, and, we're t- and I have to say, in the closing stages of the game, we're, we're one nil down. Oh. But we're not chasing the game. No. no urgency. And another thing that pisses me off, right? We, we have this. We're back to multi-ball now, where there are extra balls positioned, I think, on each touchline, yeah? yeah? But the ball boys just sit on their asses. Now, the ball boys, or whoever they are, when we're winning, they should take their time. And when we're losing, they should be giving... It's the ball boys. It's the ball boys. It's the ball I'm boys. blaming the ball boys. Yes. Ball boys, ball boys, yes. ball boys. We'll let the team off. It's the ball boys. It's about, yeah, yeah. Yeah, can I, um, go on, can I say something on? about the shape yesterday? Go on. I think he got forced to play Conway and Mametti's position because Mametti and Bell have got such poor output in that position. It felt like we shoehorned Conway there because we've got no one else that Manning trusts in that position. I think Manning knows that's Conway's not best position, but he doesn't trust Mametti to create anything or have any output, and he doesn't see Sam Bell uh, off the left or really as an attacker. He sees him more as a wing-back. I think we looked at it and we thought, Wells and Conway are going to play two up front. But it was the same shape that he's played throughout. He kept that shape throughout. I think he talks about bravery a lot, but he's also a very stubborn manager in a lot of ways. The refusal, he thinks what he does in his system is correct. And we will stick to that even if we are 1-0 or we're 2-0 up or if we're 1-0 down. And I I felt that we just didn't get the best out of Conway yesterday because... We're waiting for someone to fill in in that left attacking mid position. And he almost put Conway in there because he couldn't drop Wells because Wells scored midweek. Mm. And that's definitely not not Knight's best position playing off the right. He's much more effective. You put him in the middle and he's a presser. 
is not going to give you the offensive output that a Twine or potentially Gardner Hickman could have, mm. which is why I don't understand why he continually benches Gardner Hickman if we're playing that shape where and he's he got energy, Gardner Hickman, yeah. hasn't he? And I think he could have. I think he, when you come on in a game which is as aggressive as that, it's always difficult to make an impact. But off the start, if he was in that position instead of a, a Williams or a James, where you put Knight a bit deeper, he can be your box to box. He can be your runner in midfield. Mm. You start Gardner Hickman, who offers more attacking output than Knight. And then you know you you have to you have to adapt to your players. And at the minute, he's got this system. He's sticking to this system. And he's and not. I don't. Think he's, he's not got a plan B. So he's not this coaching guru that he's well, been built up to be. Well, since since we Thomas and I went to Watford away, which was a freakish result, and we played freakishly well. Since <laughs> then, on Boxing Day, we played a system there. We abandoned that system, and we haven't won since in the league. All right. Okay. You know, so we're we're playing this new this system that he's feels that he needs to play, and as Thomas says, we're we're not changing the subs that we're making. We're, we're, have we changed the formation? No, it's always like for light. It's always okay. like for light. We don't change the formation. And it's the same substitution and, and it's the, same. the same. Yeah, Ian, um, your your thoughts on uh, that was very good. What Tom said just there, you know, I I agree with every word of it. Um, what what do you think uh, on that? What did you think of night? I mean, we. Started criticizing Knight, and a few people said, Oh, you're blaming Knight, you know, you're uh, 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 he's a good player, but he's playing out of position and he runs around a lot, so it's not his fault that he's playing out of position and he has got some energy, but it's not quite the out of control speedboat that Andy Vyman was. But what Knight is a definite starter when everybody's fit, Ian, yes, when everybody's fit in your book, yes or no. <clears throat> Uh, in the right position, if you play him eight, in a, in a, I think with a lot of these young coaches, and I'm not picking on Liam Manning in particular, but he happens to be ours. Um, they they overate the pudding a lot, and and it, when sometimes you just think, well, a, you know, a flat three five two, you've got an extra body in midfield, so you're not as easy to play through. Um, you Knight can come onto the ball. He can run forward from midfield instead of getting the ball back to goal or trying to get up the line. And he will get opportunities to shoot and score and pass and whatever. Um, you, you, uh, He's definitely bringing in a type. If you look at Twine is a 10. Mabue's um, really a flying winger, I'm guessing. So that's your Mameti replacement. Sykes will be back soon. So that... Four three three or with two tens, you've got more players to fill those positions. So, um, the, the, I think the thing overall that killed us was that Coventry game. Um, it, it was just like I say, a game to the, the, the Leeds, Leeds game was a game too far, mm. um, and we shouldn't have played that game on the Tuesday, we should have resisted playing that apparently. Uh, you, you can when the football uh, EFL say you got to play the game, you more or less got to play the game. Um, but that's the other issue with cup runs. So it all it all comes down to injury problems in squad depth. Mm. Um, right. And so, so you, I mean, you, I'm not being funny. You can be in terms of Jason Knight. If he plays eight, he has to get more goals and assists. Okay, uh, so it's, 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 it
It's simple. It's simple as that. I mean, that's your thought on you, on 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 that. Well, um, we need it, goal, We need goals from all over the team. Right. You know, it, it's not just saying, "Oh well." You know, if we play two strikers, we've got loads of goals. Someone's still got across the ball and all so. the rest of it. And we were so. we were critical of that against Coventry when actually we should have won the game and we played well. So, you know, uh, it, it's it's early days, um, but Liam Manning has to learn from any mistakes he makes. And bearing in mind, he still hasn't got any of his own players. Uh, yeah, but you have to make do. You have to. Uh, we make. I, I have to say, Ian, we're cut, you're giving him. You are there with that statement. You're cutting him slack, right? And he was. Yeah, well, I, do, I compare he him. His, he was brought in. On, all right, let me, finish, hang on. let me finish. He Go was on. brought in to replace a manager who wasn't getting the most out of the players. So as part of the interview process. You would think you would say, "Have you got? Are these good players? Right? Can you do better with these players? Or is he just thinking when he's offered the job? Oh, this is a chance for me to work with better players than at Oxford United. And actually, if I can do a reasonable job with them, then actually, I'm just using this as a stepping stone in my own career, right? But sometimes you have to make do with what you've got. Yes, you do." But if you were going to compare Manning at this current time, you compare him to when Pearson came in and his first few months. And I was, how long was it before he won a game? Fifth, 11 games or 15 for a home game, something like that? I, I think we've got yeah, he won a game, squad. his second game he won at Swansea. Manning, Manning yeah. took over a squad. Only home games. No, we've got the next season. We we are we are falling. We, if QPR win today, right? Mm -hmm. If they're playing today and they beat us, they're about six point, and they're in the third round. And if you're and if if your auntie had you know what, yeah, she'd be your uncle Dave. That's not the point. It is no, the point. No, well, it, but if they win today and if they beat us, they're not, they're not down the bottom of the table because they're a brilliant side. No, but we're slipping that way in. So if we win our next three games, where will we be? Well, that's it. Look, you've just got if we win. Well, if we, well, you you I, just said if about if about QPR, we're the side just down the bottom of the league, and you reckon they're brilliant. I know, but well, shut up then. We're, we're not. We're not. Look, we're not going to go anywhere uh, this season, are we? We're not going to go anywhere this season. But quite frankly, no, I don't think so, Neil. Man, I think no. people had higher expectations of Manning coming in. If you're going to sell a manager coming in, and you're going to say you've got the squad there. For a playoff team, you need to be doing better with the players that you have at your disposal than Pearson. And I don't think anybody in their right mind could argue that Manning is doing a better job with the players that he has available than Pearson. Completely get, it's not his players. But ultimately, he's playing one system at the moment and not moving from that one system since the Watford game. And his in-game management, he talks about the players showing bravery I don't see much bravery from him at the moment with regards to his in-game game management at all. When we're changing the games and when, when we're having to impress ourselves on games, I don't see it. So if, if he hasn't got the players to do that, how do you work that in, out? At the end of the day, you, when you're behind in a game, the last 10 minutes of, did we go for it last night? Did we change anything? Well, he could, have, he, he could have bought... He, look, we all think Cornick's a waste of space, but he could have bought Cornick, yeah. Cornick on for the... He's got eight subs so, and he used three of them. 
and he could have bought so Crawley Park and replaced oh, Conway. All right, so your, an your answer is, uh, if it's not going very well, bring on a bloke who's a waste of space. No, my answer is, that was David. Was no, I was talking to Dave. But, yeah, but the answer is that you do actually have to go into a game and not be so completely transparent in the way that you're going to approach the game and then just do yeah. like for like. And the last few home games, he's got to three subs and he stops at three subs. And those subs are just like for likes. He's not changing the formation. He's not pushing two in the middle, like we say, or whatever. He's just taking either Naki off or he's taking Conway off. And then he's just replacing yeah. it, replacing it. Yeah. So he's playing safe. He's thinking at 1-0 down or at 1-1, we might nick a goal because we're not going to score it. So that's not bravery, is it? When he's, a, when he's accusing his players of lacking bravery, he himself and his coaching team, and I, I note, Mark, I see your hand, he's not being brave himself at the moment, I would argue. OK, Mark, what are you going to say? Yeah, I mean, tactically, I think he's been found lacking. No, no, uh, I mean, the Preston game uh, in the second half didn't adjust to the free strikers coming on. And I think Ryan Lowe was fearful for this job. He thought, well, I've got to throw the kitchen sink at it. I'll stick three players on. And then we just got, Viner was intimidated by Will Keane and we, we, just, couldn't, we just couldn't live with their directness. Yeah. Managers have got to do that. The club, set Liam Manning up uh, they said you know do you want to take this this club over we'll make a change but you've got you have got to do better with what you've got it's hard it's 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 very hard but you've got to do better than the previous guy it, it's a problem I mean the, the this this manager that came into Forest Steve Cooper had a team who were third from bottom he had a much better squad of players and Chris Hutton was was getting nothing out of them and he was they were on eight points after 10 games and they got they got uh, 72 from the remaining 36 I'm not saying we're going to do anything like that but that's the rub that's what you've got to do you've got to get you've got you've, you've got to try and improve with what with what you've got and we haven't to an extent we are we're trying to play football and I think we've got to lower expectations in some games and try and stay in games and just find a way to win. At the moment, it's finding a way to win that we're having problems. Okay. And it's finding a way to win against crap teams who defend deep. Because when we play against the better teams and the teams around us, like Coventry, they'll play a more open game because they that's the way that they play and commentary were on were on a roll middlesbrough possibly the same although you know they've had to sell their best player uh, in morgan rogers and they've lost a few players for injury so we'll have a chance right. there but okay. manning has to do better he has to make in-game adjustments that he hasn't otherwise there could be problems but i think we will get better but i think and Fans are going to find it's very hard to accept, but I think they acknowledge things could get worse before they get better. All right. I think that's something we may have to accept. Well, Gary Hours last night, I mean, they were very... Oh, yeah, I, I'll tell you about Gary. We could have given it a go. It's a very old-fashioned view. Um, yeah. We could have... Well, he, said, he said yeah. that the guy hosting mm. it last night, which might have been Ed, he was saying, you know, like we... we Richard you Hoskin, know, you mean? The season, Richard, the season's over. I mean, mm. Tom, the se is the season over for you? I mean, it was interesting. It was a full house last night, almost again, 25,500. Yeah. I noticed quite a few empty seats in the south stand, yeah. even from the kickoff. Never mind from about the 85th minute onwards. I walked out of the ground in the 92nd minute for those. I've got a story about that. You probably yeah. heard this week, but carry well, on. Chuck, Chuck, right. story. Tom, se season over? You know, are you sort of excited about going down? Are you... you 
just sort of prepared to say, well, you know, write another season off. You've got many more years of watching them in front of you than I have. <laughs> exactly. and I've been going, I'm so sorry. I've been I'm going so 57 sorry. years. Yeah. You know, I'm bloody 68 in uh, in five weeks' time. But, you know, have we just got to sort of suck up to it and just accept how it is? It's 10th to 16th, isn't it? Yeah. That's where we are. I think, look, I think judging off January and the dealings we've done, there's a acceptance from the club and both Manning that this season is about building for next already, which is yeah. a bit of a shame that we've written off at such an early stage with still 18, well, it was 18 games left. But the transfers we've done, we've loaned back two of them. We've brought in young kids that we see potential in. And Tinian's talking about in summer, in summer, in summer, there's some really important signs going on. If there was really important signings that he feels need to be made to impact the season, he would have done it in January. Yeah, He would have really gone out and always a gamble but you take that gamble if you're confident in the manager and he's not done that because there's an acceptance manning's gone to the club clearly okay the club of man have come to an agreement next season will kick on manning's always talking about this precious pre-season he wants with the players because he feels that he's not able to get them playing exactly what he wants to do with the lack of open training sessions there because a professional teams training one session is going to be uh, rehabilitation and sort of cooling down. One session is going to be on analysis of the opposition. And then one session is going to be how we're going to set up. It's not really working on patterns of play. When he goes here, you go there. That's really work you do in pre-season that sets you up. Um, so we'll judge it. For me, yes, to answer your question, I think the season's over. When we say over, I think it's not going to be playoffs, but I don't think we're going to be anywhere near relegation. So I think we're really just languishing in mid-table and already at the start of February sort of willing for the season to be done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think that's a very good summation. And rolling on, I mean, it's going to be a tough week next week because you've got yeah. two, you've got to go up to Nottingham Forest on a Wednesday. So mm. the recovery time is even less, whether they fly up to Middlesbrough. But let's look for everybody now. Let's look forward to cup replay against Nottingham Forest. Um, prospect of Man United, Ashton Gate, in the next round, um, you know, tired legs on Wednesday, or will they raise themselves to the game with the prospect of that match as against a, United? As a professional player, you have to individually and as a team raise yourself. That's what we didn't see last night. We didn't see players individually take responsibility and raise themselves to perform at Leeds level. I think we were mentally tired, and it felt like that was that, do I have to do this? Mm. And by the time you've gone, right, okay, you're reactionary. And that's what all the chances came from. We were always reactionary to what Leeds were doing with the ball. Um, so for Forrest, we need to motivate ourselves. It's a real, I imagine Manning will really get into them about massive opportunity here to beat not only another premiership team, but to host Man United. Mm. So Manning would love to do it. And from the club's perspective, it's extra finance. Yeah. So is it a free hit? Yes, but it gives us a break from the league as well. But, I, th I think we'll go up there and we'll have to show an effort that we didn't see last night. Okay, Ian, we got well. We've always got a chance, but your your thoughts for uh, for Wednesday? Well, <clears throat> just just to pick up one point before I I talk about Wednesday. If you're going to spend big in January, you need to have the money to do it, mm. and the money wasn't available to do any more than we did. We tried mm. to sign Finners as. Deal was done. Wages were agreed. Two and a half million quid from Aston Villa. Kid said he wanted to go to Borough. Stuff happens. 
Max Bird, we had to we loaned him back for the simple reason that that was the only way that we could sign him in this window because Derby were saying, well, if we have to go a gutser on the fee and just get compensation, um, we'll we'll keep him here to the end of the season. So in order for us to sign him and not get into a free-for-all in the summer with lots of other clubs, Hull were interested, Ipswich were interested. Um, Hull have actually had two bids refused for him, sizable ones. So we didn't want to get into that. Max Bird wanted to come here. So we've got that player ready ready for the summer. The the young lad at Aldershot is going to be fast-tracked into the first team, the same as Adam Murphy, who came over from Ireland. So they are... I, I, I quite like the phrase once for the future, but they're ones for the future who will be training with the first team squad and I, I, they will get opportunities. Um, going, going back to the Forest game, um, I think you've got to look at the two games and think, right, OK, who can play in this game and I can afford to leave out possibly on Saturday to freshen it up? We know we've got a few players back uh for the borough game so that might be an opportunity to say sorry neil you're shaking your head what yeah what it is i mean look, i was gonna let neil, you, you, i mean neil was gonna say you've written this down while we were talking neil neil said and you know you 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 saying ian and neil saying so probably reality is some way between the two but well, this, this is nate this is what neil thinks right which contradicts <laughs> Naismith is apparently we're of one mind. <laughs> Naismith is apparently months off, not trained. Sykes turned up yesterday just before the game, not trained. Twine a few weeks off. Atkinson not on the bench. So I don't see how, in fairness, Ian, how any of the well, Naismith is not going to be around, but Sykes, Twine, and Atkinson, they're not in condition. Never mind unless, unless Naismith months off after about last thursday and he's had a relapse that's what that's the information i've been given all right well you same as you same as the information i got during the transfer window but um i won't i won't mention it anymore well that's um, see, look we, we all want well no i'm not i'm not going to mention it if you're gonna, if you're going to take the the you know what and I, i'm not going to use the language on it i won't mention it Forget no, it. Look, we right? want them to come so back. At the, at the end it. of the day, I, I think we need to look at the two games and say who can we afford to play on Saturday if we can if we can freshen it up for Borough. If we can't freshen it up and on our I think we probably lose both games. Right. Okay. No, look, I'd Ian, I'd love it if Sykes, Twine, and Atkinson were fit, because for me, all three of those, right? Our first picks. When we talk about first Atkinson picks. and Naismith, Atkinson and Naismith were in full training last week. So, okay. well, look, Neil, that's, that's what I'm told from, Neil, from an extremely from an extremely good source. All right, all right. Look, so, let's, let's, let's put it like this. Right. Listen, if they're not, they're not. Simple right. as that. Look, let's take the next ten days. Right. So, Southampton is the next game after. So we got a tough. We got a tough week coming up. Three games in seven days against. Tough opposition. Yeah, Middlesbrough away. I know they're a bit meh at the moment, but it's always a tough place to go mm. up north up there, mm. right? Okay. If any of those players start or play more than 15 minutes a game, yeah, mm. Neil, 
you say, well, my sources are obviously no, wrong, no, no, right? And Ian, if they don't fit, and I'm giving Ian a bit of slack here because he's feeling unloved because we're chatting. Ian, if none of them play, none of them start in any of the next three games, yeah? If none of them start, um, you know, then Neil was right and you were wrong, right? That's it. I'm just saying that, okay, if brilliant if they're back. Don't get me wrong, if they're back, great. But there's no under-21 games they're involved in and there's no, they're not on the bench, you know, to get them back involved when they've been out. I mean, Sykes was apparently only, he went off against um, Millwall on New Year's Day. Millwall. And, it, you know, oh, a few couple of weeks. He's, he's nowhere at the moment, is he? He's nowhere at the moment. We, we're, in, we're, in, we're in total disagreement. We're, we're in total agreement on our ability to assess injuries. I mean, as soon as I saw Naismith sit down in, in Southampton, mm. I thought he's gone for three months. Yeah. Um, that's but that's been going on for a long time. Do you remember what Nigel Pearson said about Alex Scott and how he was going to be back for Millwall when he got injured? In the preseason, three months later, Scott Yamp kicked a ball. Yeah, so I think, to be honest, down there, there's lots of wishful thinking, and that has to really. I can understand it to a degree. You're hoping, but that has to be tempered with reality, and that's why I, th I sent that bit of a long tweet yesterday about one of the most important appointments is this chief medical officer, medical director. Because we really have got, if, if we're going to go with a small squad, and we are, we've really got to sort the injuries out. Okay. Because if we can't keep that small squad fit, what we're talking about now, players knackered, game too far and all this, those players, uh, uh, that's going to go on. It's just going to continue. And this has been the case for four years now, these injuries. So I'm not blaming Pearson, Manning, Dave Rennie, anybody else, but it, it, we have to find a solution or we well, have to have a bigger squad. Good. All right, Mark, you've been quiet in the background. Neil, you just wanted to raise a quick point. Yeah, there. I was just going to – Ian and I, we've moved on in the way the couples do. But the uh, – <laughs> I think it was the counselling uh, that did it. Ultimately – It was the counselling, yeah. Uh, Seven games in 23 games. Every game. 23 days. 23 days, rather. Thank you. I'm just there at the moment going, please, no injuries. Please, no injuries. Please, no injuries. When Zach went down holding his arm last night and he yeah. was really uncomfortable, I'm like, please, no injuries. And then McCrory goes down holding his arm. Please, no injuries. And and then when Cam Pring in the first half, that hard yeah. tackle yeah. and he's down and you're just like... He got kicked. You know, yeah. it's such a small squad. You're just thinking but it, they're it, going to be mentally, but Ian's saying, worn out, Ian's saying quite rightly, you know, at what point do you try some of these youngsters that are on the bench? When do you give them a game? No, the thing is, look, uh, I think is it uh, suited recluse has said on here one of the things, you know, Wednesday night, it could be extra time and penalties. I mean, I have to say, yeah. if we're losing. 2-0 to Forest at half time. Because you've got to put your best side out because of what's at stake in the next round. If you're losing 2-0 to Forest at half time, right? <clears throat> okay, you, you might as well say, right, that's gone. Let's think about Saturday because the recovery time is one day less than we had after the Coventry game. That's when you throw the youngsters on. Mark, I mean, do you think some of these... Who's suspended for Forest? 
Garner, Hitman and Pring. Garner, Hitman and Pring. And it's Scott Tyler can't play. Even yeah. So that's, 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 that's right, too rested automatically, isn't it? Let Mark have a seat. Mark, yeah, it's a game that it's a game that James and, and Williams don't need. It's a game that City don't don't need really. They need it like a hole in the head. Ideally, they like a week to be able to repair for Middlesbrough, but they can't. So, does King play some part in the game? You think Hayden Roberts will replace will replace Cam Pring? Mm. I think McCrory starts because he's still getting match fitness. But otherwise, the free if we play with a free, the free centre backs play again. They don't get any rest. Uh, and then you can rotate rotate the front players. You'll definitely play Jason Knight. Who else can you play in there? Um, well, I mean, do you give Tommy City, a rest? Do you start? Do you, you start Harry Cornick? You could do, but it's a game that it's a game that City don't don't need really. Um, Forrest will have probably a one knee back up front. He looks very good. Morgan Gibbs White. If they'd have played him from the start, they'd have given us more problems. But it's really how much effort that Forrest put into it. They got a deeper squad than us. I think they sold eleven in the window and brought two in. But you know, on paper, Forrest will have to play a level below for us to have a chance. Let's be realistic about that. It depends how much effort they put into it, and we'll be right on our game. Okay. But, we're going to be. It's going to be a, a tiring game, and it's a game we don't need. But because of what's on the horizon, it's a game. You know that City, City want to win, and the fans would love them to win. But in the context of the season, we don't need it really, well, it do we? We need it like be, a hole in the head. It could quite easily be. Even if we draw the next two league games, right? That's going to give us. Well, we've drawn. We, we, we've 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 only we got three points out of eighteen. We've yeah, only lost three, and next, we've drawn and, and three. The next two league games, yeah, yes. two points, which would be two credible points. That would put yes, us on five but it out won't be seen as that. It won't no, be it won't, seen as that because there's. Well, the other thing five is there's this stupid. I mean, if we're if we, it's almost like Twitter. If you think of the fans forum as representative of the base, we're st- the fan the fans are still split over this. Manning's got to prove himself. The football's no better, and the problem is, we'll only be judged by results. Okay. It's not a boxing okay. match, is it? That's no, it. True, true. Right, Tom, you were going to yeah. pipe up with something there. I've got a point on young players and, you know, obviously it's brilliant to see young players, but the way I think the club works, um, from what I've heard, is it works in almost three-year batches of the academy. So from 18 to 21, that is viewed as sort of an age group and a team. The issue with that at the minute with City is with that age group, we are at the deadwood part of it, unfortunately, because we've had Riley Towler, who is a successful footballer, but, you know, not with us, but he is. Alex Scott, Tommy Conway, Sam Bell were the ones to come through from that age group. Joe Lowe as well. Good point. Uh, you could maybe put Omar in, but he's not going to, you know, he's not playing. He's not even on the bench at the minute. What we're now looking at is the 16, 17-year-olds. The issue with that is not only are they physically not ready, are they mentally ready? Because it's such a grueling season. You know, you've got to be really mindful about how... Like your boa, and we've seen that, haven't we? Too boa, but not he, ready. He doesn't, he doesn't look up to it to me, Mark. Like, I'm not seeing any... When he played those 11 games, you're looking for an improvement from when his debut is to his 11th game. I can't say, attacking-wise, he, he's got the physical attributes 100%, but technically, he's nowhere near championship. 
you know, decision you making. Yeah, too exactly. slow. But is it was he put in too soon? As yeah. just as a you know because we because we you know we 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 needed players like you know was he over promoted due yeah. to injuries like Omar Taylor Clark? I I a hundred percent. But I would say if we're looking at it from now when Manning's in, he's not even playing for the twenty ones. So that is where we view him now. He's playing for the under 18s. So that says quite a lot. To so he's me. gone backwards, in other words. He's, he's, yeah. he's, he's playing for the under 18s, which says, look, maybe we progressed him way too quickly. Now, the 16, 17 year olds you have coming through, by all accounts, are fantastic footballers, but it's way too early to be throwing three or four on the pitch against a Premier League team in Forest. I know we rate Mirholes really highly, six foot two centre mid. Fantastic. But they need to prove themselves in 21s first. When we had for the 21s a couple of years ago, we had Conway scoring goals, we had Sam Bell, we had Alex. I mean, Alex got, got fast track because he was at that level, like Archie Gray yesterday. Fantastic footballer, but you've got to be exceptional at that level. And we don't, have yeah. I mean, it's it is energy, he was like left and right. And I think what, uh, what else would help is to go out on loan if you're playing regular league football yeah. and I think Ian, Ian referred to League 2 as, as, as man's football it's yeah. very physical and I think that will help Holden he'll get knocked Sorry. about but playing regular league football helps because it's completely different from academy football which looks good technically but there's just it's, it's just you know it's a world away yeah. isn't it you get very lucky bringing players through and I think mm. Mabidi we may need to give him time, but he could be another Tammy Abraham, but we just don't know. We don't we're know. Just no, to, we're not. We Ian, just don't know, do we? Ian, the transfer window, we look at the two ones that are bought for the future, and they are academy, because I think they're both 18. Stokes, is that, is that Stokes and Murphy. Stokes and Murphy. They, they'll be involved in the first team next So they, they, they have... Your, your thoughts on Stokes and Murphy, because Tinian said on Radio Bristol last night that he's been under... They've been putting him through a pre-season and he implied that Stokes would get into the squad before the end of the season. And is he one that you see Thomas Murphy, Murphy sorry, yeah. Stokes, Stokes one. Uh, do, do you think we'll see Murphy in the team before the end of the season, Ian? And is he that good? Do we think? Well, it, <clears throat> that depends how the season goes, doesn't it? If, if we're getting to the fag end of the season and, you know, we're not really, we're not really, we're not going up, we're not going down. It's all getting a little bit meandering and boring. Um, then I think you could well see Murphy have a pop. Obviously, he's got to go through this preseason because they finished playing in Ireland in November, so that's the reason he's going through it. Stokes has gone back on loan to Aldershot, and there was a lot of interest in him. He's he's a classic ten, so. But if you look at the age profile of the players that that we're we're signing, you can see what what they're driving at. You know they can all they're all running. Um, they're they're all people who can run. Uh, the uh, Stokes especially has got a lot of goals in him. Just and uh, looking at his record and looking at the video clips, so you know those, those are ones I'm hopeful with. Yeah. Um, Ian, can I ask you something? Yeah. Do you feel that Stokes and Murphy being bought in doesn't reflect very well on the quality of our 21? Yeah. Well, I think it's a it's a great point. Um, but I think where you've got the opportunity to pick up really good young players and you've got what's viewed uh, as a successful academy, uh, which let's let's face it, it has been. 
Um, then when and the players going out, players coming in like Stokes, like Murphy, you're thinking, hang on a minute, I have a, a good season and a half at Bristol City. Mm. I'm going to be earning 40, 50 grand a week and I'm going to go play in the Premier League. So I'm not saying they can all be Alex Scotts or they can all be uh, Antoine Semenyos, but we've got that reputation outside the club. And that's why we've picked up those players and clubs like Coventry and uh, Ipswich haven't, even though Ipswich are higher in the league and doing a lot better than us. And fair play to them. I mean, you know, you cannot not what they've done, bearing in mind that the first season he was in there, Kieran McKenna didn't get him promoted out of League One. Mm. So, yeah, uh, but no, I, I think it's a fair point you're making, Tom. I think we can have, if they were going out and signing seven or eight of them, yeah. I think that's too much. But the point you made quite correctly about you know, you go in these cycles where the the, the the end of the conveyor belt comes and a lot of players drop off. Yeah. In the close season, we'll be saying goodbye to players like Awara Edwards, Duncan Idahan, who, who really haven't quite haven't quite made it. And Sam and, Pearson and dropped shit. off the conveyor. Uh, Josh I, I, Harris I, I, dropped I think, off the conveyor. I think that's when he started, Ian. I think you look at Ewan Clark, he's gone. Idahen's gone. I think we keep loaning Zach Bell out. We're trying to sort out these young players that don't have a future. Yeah. Only about 20 with loan moves to try and keep them in football. We have a responsibility to do that over them. Um, yeah. So I think we're now looking at the 16, 17 year olds. What a fantastic under 18 squad we have, by the way. They're in the fifth round of the FA Youth Cup. I think it's important to mention that. And I know Tinian's really have, excited. Have you, about have you seen the, this big giant of a 17 year old centre half they've signed? The, the, is it Cooper? Uh, yeah, Zach Cooper, six foot five. I mean, God, yeah. how, old, how yeah. tall is he going to be when he's 21? I, I, I think he's, you know, we're looking to, we're looking at that 16, 17 year old age group. We always get the attacker from Guernsey, the token attacker. You know, look at Tim yeah. Ancy on Ben AC, uh, and now yeah. Jack Griffith. Um, Hooper's obviously an addition. I know we've got a lot of exciting players such as Katakove off the right wing as well. But they're just far too young at the minute physically to play championship football. And that worries yeah. me to a point next season where I look at the 19, 20-year-olds who are more physically developed, but they're just not good enough, like the Omar Taylor-Clarks, the Dylan Cadgies. That's where you're hoping someone from that lot can come that through. That cohort, basically. That cohort, but yeah. they're just not at the level. We're, we're having to wait two, three years before we see the it, Alex Scott, Tommy Conway. It would be, it would be great to look at the statistics of, of how many players make it from an academy yeah. to even become a professional footballer because yeah. i would imagine the percentage is really somewhere it's between probably less than one percent i would say it's less than one percent. So, so the, the stat is that 0.2 percent of all footballers get into an academy setup and of that 0.2 percent 0.1 go on to play in the premier league so 0.2 is is two in 500 basically two in 500 and of that this is all the academies across the 92 only 0.1 play in the premier league as an english youth player it's so competitive and so difficult but you can mold it being a successful footballer doesn't mean making it at the team where you played academy riley towler he doesn't play for us. We clearly didn't think he was good enough, but he's still a professional footballer. So that's seen as a success story for the academy. That's still important yeah. to know. So like you yeah. say, we have a fantastic academy for getting people on pro contracts, either with us or at another club. I mean, Ewan Clark came from us from Oxford and has now got a pro deal at Bath. 
still a success story, guaranteed it's not made up with us. Sam Pearson looked to potentially be a success, but I'm worried that the 20 year olds we have now are the deadwood of the Alex Scott, Tommy Conway cycle. Mm. And they're just not yeah. good enough. I've seen the logic in that. There you go. No, they'll be, yeah. I mean, but they'll be going Stokes. out the club. Great words yeah. from Tom. Great words from Tom, that was. Josh I mean, Stokes. Really, really informed stuff because, you know, it's your age group, as you say, you played against that lad Hooper mm. uh, before your injury and whatnot. But, uh, you know, you, you, you're there and you're, how old are you now, 17? I'm 18 18 now. 18 now. So you're... You know what it's you know what it's like. Um, look, everybody. It's can been... I just say? Can I just say quickly? Yeah. Josh Stokes has come from about eighth tier AFC Sudbury. This is yeah. his first season at Aldershot, so he's done yeah. brilliantly. He's nineteen years old. Yeah. Might be a bit of a late developer, so that's <laughs> uh, that's really good. Oh, and just one other thing um, with the messages. Alan Gwinnell asked if I was related to Bill Tubby. He was my granddad's second cousin. Um, hey, he was yeah, I, player, I've often thought I've often player, thought that question yeah, myself. Yeah, ex-player and and and, and <laughs> kit man. I think Bill. Career was over in the fifties. Uh, he broke his leg against. Question: Colchester. Anybody? Yeah. Any, did anybody see the Newport Man United game? Just wanted to know what Seb Palmer Holden played like. Anybody? He, he, he pressed well. He, pre he, uh, he looked like Tommy. We didn't bring him back. Okay. This new player, Ian. How do we pronounce his surname? The Tammy lookalike. Yes, sir. I completely. Uh, Mabue. All right. So Mabide. I'm not going to have it as the intro music because I'm too busy. But you could if, say if, yes, sir. Dear Mabubi, that's what Mabide. <laughs> Mabide, that's what the club. That's yeah. what the club did. But if you look at his full name, he's got one of those names that's about eight names long. It's it sounds like a football team. Yeah, but you wouldn't put it so, on the back. Uh, of your, you wouldn't put it on the back of your shirt, Ian. I thought you would. I, I think it would just you just put Dire on it, D I R E or Dire, oh, yeah. is it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I thought. That yeah, was it's like um, Daddy Adebola. Is is that was just a shortening of his of his of his name, wasn't it? Of his proper name, yeah. Funniest yeah. Uh, funniest announcement in a long time by the club. Putting it out and then getting to the end, and everybody just collectively, sorry, who completely lost by this? You know, they do it. Who the hell is he? I know. Well, the other <laughs> thing is, uh, Tammy Abraham. It's just like Tammy is Kevin. Yeah, and it was like, all right, hey, yeah. everybody, uh, we feel a bit. Uh, yeah, we feel, right. we feel, we feel. Yeah, go on with the rest right. of the weekend. We're yeah. okay. We are okay. Time to do some yeah, work. Yeah. Sounds like Holly Holly Willoughby when she came. Out. Are we? Are we okay? Are you okay? <laughs> yeah. Are you okay? <laughs> are you well, feeling alright? Are you? Are you, are you, you disappointed? We went to Ashton Gate you, last night from and we you, expected Dave, ever. <laughs> I don't need a hug from you ever. In fact, any of you. Um, <laughs> just a quick one, update on the injuries. Uh, every single one of those players, if they're not available for Borough, will be a, available for either Southampton or QPR. I've just updated it while we've been online. There you go. 100% right, reliable source. Let's hope so. Um, we'll so, be uh, watching the Forest game in uh, various shapes or forms, and we'll be doing our match review of Forest. On, is any of, uh, are any of us going up there? Yes, of course we are. No, I've, I've, I've got another trial starting at Bristol Crown Court next week, so uh, I won't. won't make it. Tom won't. I won't. But we'll washing see, we'll see but anyway, more to the point, we will record uh, that game. So I'm just getting ready to press a button. Uh, we will record our uh, uh, Forest Review podcast episode on um, Thursday morning at nine o'clock. And then uh, Middlesbrough away, yeah, we'll probably do that one at six o'clock on the Saturday evening. 
after the game. All right. So, yeah, yeah. I think I would have flown back to Bristol by then. Yeah, yeah we'll get back yeah, gets yeah, in just we before. Can do it from Teesside Airport, Mark. My right? private jet. Yeah, my yeah, private we'll Learjet. Look, look, everybody yeah. who's uh, listened, another audience in part over a hundred for part of the time. So that's really, really good. We're now on, as you know, the uh, Acast platform that you can still listen to it on Pod, uh, Podbean, as I was told by somebody yesterday. So uh, thank you for listening and uh, let's keep our chins up and everybody have a good week until Wednesday. All the best. Bye-bye, Thanks everybody. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. Bye. 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 Take care. Bye. There'll be no more sobbing when he starts throbbing his old sweet song. Oh, wake up, wake up, you sleepyhead. Get up, get up, get out of bed. Cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red. Live, love, laugh and be happy. What if I've been blue? Now I'm walking through fields of flowers. Rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours. I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song. When Red Red Robins are bubba-bubbing along When Red Red Robin comes bubba-bubbing along Along There'll be no more sobbing when he starts robbing his old sweet song Oh, wake up, wake up, you sleepyhead, get up Get up, get out of bed, cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red, live, love, laugh and be happy, what if I've been blue, now I'm walking through fields of flowers, rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours, I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song, when the red, red robin starts bobbing along. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you still the last nugget snatching all three points. Perfect. All the McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? Our participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times delivery and time supply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.